Hello everybody and welcome back to Always the Worst Podcast. Today I am joined by Michael, my good hello. friend. Oh, hello, it's me. And Mark, my other friend. Yeah, I'm not the good friend, I'm the bad friend. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> With our topics today, I think we can all be on the same page for once though. I don't know about From, that. Uh... I think we're going to be on the right level. I think we've got this. Alright, oh, okay. Well, okay. I'm gonna to have to change my entire script then. I'm gonna to have to be the contra one. So, uh... oh, <laughs> oh, you can just leave. No, no, it's, <laughs> just it's, leave. We'll just have to wait and see because there could be some some points here. Right, okay. right. So we were discussing this in our last podcast, weren't we? What we were. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Our homework. Yeah. So we were talking last time. Somehow I brought up the subject of a movie I seen on Amazon Prime called uh, Leprechaun in the Hood. <laughs> And I said that'd be a nice torturous thing to put ourselves through. Um, I hate you. Yeah, I actually hate you. I watched that at half seven this morning. My day has been ruined. I, 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 I really struggled to try and finish this. Right, so you're you're not you're not not alone in this. But we also brought up the the wondrous Muppet movie as another recommendation that we should make each other watch. Uh, so you know, rough it to smooth, rough it to smooth. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you know what today was? Today was Zen. It was yin and yang. We had mm, to have the absolute it. worst brought together with something good and positive and full of light. Yeah. We became whole today. The podcast is now whole. Should it's we, done. I don't know. Start I don't know. With the worst. I don't know if I we can should describe start myself as like being a whole person at this rate. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> those no. are the prerequisites, man. <laughs> to be fair, between fragment. the. To between the three of us, we make a you know slightly functioning human. Mm. Maybe I think much like the cast of Leprechaun. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Should right. we, we get into it then? Yeah. Okay. So, right. Right. We're gonna slate. We're probably gonna slate this film. Is that the the agreement? Yes. Right. Of course. So before we get into that, then there's a couple things I want to praise about this film. Oh, well, should we let people who haven't seen it? know what it is first before yeah we... well, no okay but sure why not go ahead <laughs> okay so leprechaun i have never seen any other leprechaun films so i think i'm pretty good at jumping in on explaining this one sure. because i am so out the fucking loop with it that i had no idea what was going on so sure. leprechaun in the hood as ice tea back in like the 70s when he was a very 70s looking pimp like he would be on starsky and hutch yep, with I... the giant afro he looked like huggy bear he actually looked like him. Wakes up a leprechaun and has a lot of motherfucker, oh dang, very stereotypically written by a white person moments. Yeah, it's very exploitative. Yeah. So he wakes up the leprechaun mm-hmm. and then puts him back to sleep. And then the leprechaun gets free because of other people. And the film is about the leprechaun getting his gold back. Kind of. I mean, I mean that's I pretty really much. That's every leprechaun film. I mean, like, so I I, I want to make a point first that I feel like this film, because uh, trying to describe the story is hard because it feels like two scripts that were mashed together. Yeah, I totally agree. Because, yeah, like, so the other part of the story, apart from the leprechaun, um, is that there's a, a trio. Uh, yeah, it's a three, three of them. Yeah, three yeah, of them that yes. are uh, young rappers trying to make their way in the world by being, like, actually family friendly, kind of like old school hip hop. Um, style, yeah, not gangster yeah. hip hop. So they want to like form a group and become famous just by sticking to their guns, and they get involved in a gangster. Uh, well, the the Ice T, as aforementioned, um, get involved with him. He does gangster rap stuff, and they're like a lot of interesting facts <laughs> on that. Just because mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people to what get it, Ice T was actually one of the founding fathers of gangster rap. AKA realistic raps as it was back in the early nineties. He was yeah, like one the, of the first and the to NWA decide and stuff. Like yeah, because yeah. basically NWA got a lot of inspiration from him because he was one of the first people to make it mainstream of being like, I'm going to talk about the shit in Compton and South Central LA and all that bit. So mm-hmm. having him being a gangster rapper recording studio made a lot of sense that might not made a sense to other people. Because yep. they might know Ice T as the dude in one of the CSIs, or uh, I'm in a cop show. L- <laughs> Law and Order. I think it's yeah. Law and Order he's yeah. in. He's one of those ones. Yeah, so yeah, it's one of the worst ones. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Oh, bring uh, opinions so, to it, Mark. So yeah, like, like go to the positives then, Michael. Right, tell us something you liked about this film. 
I'm so, going to walk away while you talk about things you like about oh, this. Wow. I'm just okay. gone. So right. this in, is payback for Predator. In terms of the acting in the film and yes. just the acting from the whole series in general, the acting mm-hmm. from the main trio is actually fairly realistic. It wasn't bad. Uh, I don't know. The, I, see the the comic relief guy in the trio and the kind of explosives expert. Yeah, I hated the way he acted so much. It was. I am sick of that. Ones. Yeah, I'm sick what? of that kind of you know big under lip popping out. I'm stupid, but I'm actually super smart. I'm gonna act dumb. I'm a virgin. Acting feel. I I hate that so much because it's so lowbrow comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I mean, that, yeah, that's. It did remind me of like uh, that that character. What's it called from the Goonies? The the young kid who has like all the gadgets Chunk. and stuff. Oh, oh no no right. One of the gadgets. Like, it reminded me of that kind of character. Like you know he's gonna be the tech guy or something, but he never really I, but, comes but into his own. Can... Like. Aye, but that, at least in the goodies, he was seen as a smart guy. This guy's a fucking idiot. No, they, and then he just goes, no, he, then the, oh, I'm going to put in these gels together and it's got to create fire. No, he was a, he was meant to be a smart guy. Yeah. What? Yeah. It, no. I know. Like, it's, it's hard. Nine times out of ten, he's talking about being a virgin. Like, no, he's 90, everyone, he's everyone his... else is slating him for being a virgin. Aye, but then reason. he even has these moments with the drag. Right. Okay, right. So anyway, moving on, moving on. I, I have, on. I have also some positives, in a sense. Like okay. from that, right? I mean, like actually, no. I want to go back to your point, Michael, about the acting, right? Because without uh, Chris shitting on it, I, I see if the character, the guy who played uh, Postmaster P, right? Yeah. See if he was actually supposed to play him as like a chronically depressed person. He did a fucking fantastic job. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of the time, I couldn't tell whether he was playing that as a character or whether or not he was just so fucking sick of being on this film set that it just seeped into every line that he did yeah yeah the the one that i actually kind of enjoyed in that was uh i think his name was stray Stray the other guy Mm -hmm. like i i I grew up loving hip-hop movies and stuff like i love them and i feel like his oh that was a pop there wait a minute sorry apologies i'll cut that out um he played the kind of hood guy, a bit over the top, but I kind of enjoyed his performance. Uh, it he felt... reminded me of that, what was that, like CB? What was the one that's like the NWA piss take movie? Piss take? Is that Don't Be a Menace to South Central? No, Is it that one? I think it's like... No, no, that's a piss take of um, uh, Boys in the Hood. It's CB4, I think it's called. CB4, have you ever seen yeah. it? I yeah. haven't. I can't say I have. No, it's a great film. It's a great. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like um, a straight out Compton film, but a comedy version of it. And it was done in the nineties, like early ninety three. Okay. I think it was CB four. Yeah, it's okay. got a Mason song called "Sweat from My Balls" in it as well, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> oh dear, right. worth watching. But you remind me of that the actress in that. Yeah, you played it like yeah. straight, but still comedic. Yeah, it's like his comedy was being an exaggerated version of what a lot of kind of hood people in Compton would have been. Mm. It's like, if you turn hood, that's the typical hood type, to 12. Yeah. That's what you get, like the kind of, always working with a swagger. And I kind of liked that. I thought he was okay. I actually quite enjoyed his performance. I mean, there was a couple of times where like he seemed to kind of filibuster, where he was just going, ha ha ha. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Like like, non-stop. (laughs) The big big scene for that was, remember when they all had to meet up yeah. to go do the job, yeah. and he just kept laughing. He's <laughs> like, why are you laughing? Yeah. Uh, so, one last positive I have, just before we start, like, delving into... I mean, we've been trying so hard to be positive here. Oh, well, uh, I, I still have another positive, but you go ahead with... Oh, my oh, God! Right, okay, right, no, I'll, no, no, Michael! <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I want to hear Michael's. Right, go, Michael. Go, go, go. Right, I'll, my I'll, other I'll positive go. was the uh, uh, the leprechaun makeup. By Gabe Bartalos. Oh my god, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like, the, the make the makeup is amazing. It is like I actually like I was saying like I was watching it. I was like I can't see seams on the prosthetics. I can't. The makeup is really well applied. His costume sits so well. It's like good, good job, man. You did your job. Fucking unlike Gabe, everyone else. Gabe Bartalos, unlike he had to fucking turn up for every one of those mm. movies and do the same makeup every movie. And I can't imagine how long it took to actually apply that makeup, but mm. damn, that's good. Uh, another thing is, is like I'd like to say is like I, I, it's clear to me that he obviously didn't work on anyone else's costuming. Like no, everything yeah. else in this film feels like 
low budget as fuck compared to like the actual Leprechaun's costume. Yeah. Yeah. Just on note that I, th- I found a positive that I actually enjoyed that I was thinking about when I was watching it. Whoa. Is, I know, right? Is, um, see the practical effects? See when they decided to do practical effects? Yeah. They were dope. They were so good. They did squibs. They actually yeah. did blood squibs. See when you watch the Leprechaun kill people and he puts his hand through someone's chest going... Uh, looks oh cool my god, fuck, yeah. they actually got a fucking prosthetic body and just put a hand through it. I'm like, man, I miss that. But because how good the bits were, it made me realise, going, I'd have loved this if it was a proper horror. Like a proper gore-fest horror. Well, oh, a leprechaun oh, kind of yeah. doing... Because yeah. like having like a leprechaun doing kind of Irish folk stuff in a horror context of like like maybe singing something till their ears bleed and their head explodes with like thing esque. Are you like like? Oh, I'd be quite good if you could combine that sort of uh, what did they call that again? Like country horror, where like like uh, the Wicker Man or yes. something like that. Where it's like it's kind of like a folk tale come to life. Uh, yes, but right, yeah. so yeah, it's quite whimsical and weird, but it's still scary. It's un it's unsettling because yeah. he's whimsical. Yes, like that. It's like he's so nice and pleasant because he's a fairy tale character yeah. but that makes him sinister as fuck when he kills people i felt like he was right actually we'll, yeah, we'll let, start this let's not rewrite this entire film because yeah because yeah. let's say it's exact opposite of what chris just described it's a fucking yeah. ramshackle shit show of comedy yes that fails to land so. a fucking joke <laughs> yeah it's let's see the amount of jokes of this tiny white person trying to be hood it's borderline offensive at times when you you have stuff like that happening. Mm. You're just like, are you fucking really? You're you're, you're making you know smoking pot jokes. Keep, keep in because... mind that this is like a this is what two thousand three or something. Yeah. This film, yeah, two thousand, yeah, two thousand. Right, okay. So around this period, there are a lot of like there's a big resurgence in kind of like uh, like hood comedy. Like essentially from like I the way how, colors and stuff like that, and as you said, like um, South Central. I think how I think how high came out round about this point as well. The mm. one with Red Man and Method Man, right? Yeah, as well. But this is where my issue lies with this movie: is uh, don't be a menace to South Central LA. Like how high they were hood films, like comedy films written by African Americans. Mm-hmm. And directed by African Americans to make comedy about their own thing, so they're putting fun at their own culture. Yeah. When you have like, well, there is. I'm pretty sure Dan. What's his? Give me a second. I'm trying to find the other writer. Mm-hmm. Um, God, there was like five writers on this film. That says everything. Doug <laughs> Hall. He does um Black AF and stuff. I can't find a picture of him. But from looking at some of the, th- I think I seen him one picture of him on a, a round table. He's a he's an African American guy, mm. so it's like he brings something. But there's three other writers who I who are all white guys writing this, and I'm like, well, that's what I'm getting at. Like, I feel like because like see the actual story of the the young guys like trying to get their way in the world. It actually is quite at some points quite a heartfelt idea. Aye, but I think it'd be a great film. It's yeah. at odds completely with the Leprechaun. So why couldn't we just have a three guys trying to stay out of the gangster lifestyle by getting forced into the film? I would have watched that. Yeah, do you know what this makes me feel? Um, think of Hellraiser movies. See, after Hellraiser three, every mm-hmm. Hellraiser film after that was actually a script for a different movie that they decided to add the Cenobites to. Ah. So one of the biggest ones for that, I think, is Hellraiser. F- four or five maybe five it's actually a detective kind of almost like a noir film mm. um about these people getting kidnapped and going missing and dying and then they decide the people are kidnapped them the cenobites because yeah. why wouldn't it be and i'm like this doesn't make fucking sense but see if you look at that as a detective film you go this would actually be right. like a seven level film yeah. of you know like weird torture yeah that's and that's what of... this film feels like it's funny to me that this film has that many writers, but yet none of them could write an ending. Yeah, they just I know, of, right? They just sort of washed over that whole ending, and then it's just like, yeah, we're now post-credits scene. Right, right, right. Okay, like so, so this is this this movie just kind of like 
it seems to just get to a point where you're thinking, all right, it's going to come to the climactic battle and they're going to like do something to imprison the leprechaun. And instead, it's some bizarre cross-dressing plot that oh doesn't really require God. them to cross-dress in the first place. And yeah. then like they somehow just end? The movie just stops and you're just and- told that they fail. Yeah. Like, and then the leprechaun has a rap at the end. Well, it's because it's, right that rap. Like, I, am I the only one who thinks that that was supposed to be like in the middle of the movie when he actually because he's he's mind controlling the women at that point, right? So, yeah, yeah, I think it would have been is, better if it was in the middle of the movie. It would have explained but, the zombie fly girls. Well, this is the thing, like, but obviously they looked back at it and went, "Wait a minute, that's a paradox because he was trapped in a box at the time and couldn't come out, and he needed to summon them to come help him." from afar but so why did they give a shit about that not making sense and nothing else <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, suppose, I don't think they really gave a shit at all in this film no like no. it's it's so blatantly obvious and the fact that they actually recorded this entire song and dance realized it didn't fit into the narrative so just put it in at the end anyway yeah, yeah. Like, it was the the fuck? i think one of the one of the funny points i'd like to just it's the type minutest of details but uh, okay. Stray Bullet, uh, throughout most yeah. of the movie, had a Brooklyn t-shirt on. Right. Lives in Compton. Yeah. <laughs> the entire yeah. fucking other side of the United States. <laughs> yeah, I know. As you do. Because, uh, like, totally all those, uh, like, West Coast rappers are repping the East Coast. <laughs> all, all about Brooklyn. They love Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, I was watching Hip Hop Evolution before I watched this, and it's kind of very fresh, all that, now because I was watching the... The beef between West and East. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of odd watching that and going, yeah, they fucking hated each other. They really kill each other over freaking music. And then this guy's just wandering about with, I'm going to wear a t shirt from the other side because, you know, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, man, that's a way to get yourself shot. That's what that is. Yeah. Like, yes. that's 100% what that is. There's, so as you were saying, Chris, like, it feels like the Hellraiser films, like, the Leprechaun movies are basically the same. Like, Leprechaun 4 in space is like, if you took the yeah. leprechaun out of it and replaced it with literally any other like alien creature, it would it would be it would still be a terrible movie because mm-hmm. the fucking budget was shit. But it would still work exactly the same. No, no. Same as like, same as this. If you took leprechaun, like I just feel like saying no budget is not an excuse for this, right? Because no. it's it's it Le- is low budget, but it's also extremely low effort. Like the worst crime about this entire film is the editing. Like Oh god, yeah, I was none noticing of, that. None of it makes any sense. Like the like that like okay, the, the worst edited scene, I'll go straight to it, is that one you were talking about earlier, Chris, where everyone has to meet up for the job, right? Yeah. They literally oh, the, the dissolves. Three oh. three fucking dissolves for a yeah. guy to walk from the back of a cart to where his friends are. If that's what it's like, just cut the fucking scene and retake it. Yeah. yeah. Do it from another camera angle. Like right. There's just no effort put in. We had the all. other, the other very it, similar scene, which was the long shot near the start of the oh movie. Oh my god, which that took went about on fucking ever. five minutes. Right, because what annoyed me, one of the big things that annoyed me as well in this film, on like kind of editing, was they recorded all the music, which wasn't the worst in the world. The music for it was pretty decent for like them just... doing the raps, but they recorded it separately and they mimed over it. But they recorded it at two very different sounds, so they yeah. would do. The rap and then talk straight after it, and you're like, "Is this like a different microphone? Like, what the fuck? Like, these guys are completely different sounding. Like, one's in the studio and one isn't." Yeah, and one didn't also, Like the music itself is like throughout the entire film, the music, like, uh, like the background music and stuff is just played. Like, it just yeah. like someone hit play on the and the actual studio. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no there's no emphasis on any scene. There's no like tension or anything. Mm. It just plays the fucking track. It's like play the scary track now. You know what I did what? like was the uh, the opening credits music and the like the closing credits music sounded like it just it was straight out of an episode of Goosebumps. That's <laughs> yeah. what it sounded exactly dun, like. Dun, 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 dun. Right here we go on the note of low budget films because I thought I'd have to Google this. Right. So Blair Witch. Paranormal Activity. Yeah. The original Mad Max. Bronson, for God's sakes. Yeah. These are all films that didn't get a lot of money to make what they were making. Yeah. And some of these... like Paranormal Activity is one of my favourite horror films ever. From 
that first time I saw it, it's like one of those movies where, yeah, I can't watch it more than once because it ruins the mystique to it because of the point of the film. But I think that's a horror film in general. Yeah. Like this is maybe a horror. Like is it? it's a horror series. A... But that, that, that's the problem when you take horror series right. and turn them comedy. That's it's nice, like, like so it's, it's neither a horror nor a comedy. That's the problem with yeah. this. Is like it doesn't hit either of those like in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's just a lack of talent, I feel like. I don't think anyone in that entire production like put in any effort as far yeah. as I can see. As a film that feels like they got people in to just do their job. Mm-hmm. And that's where they ended when they done their job. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because more like the people involved in it, like on the back scene, are passionate about what they make. But yeah. then they just get called, this is what we're doing. This is what you're getting paid. Do your job. And they're like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. That's kind of we're not getting enough to push it. It's not like a film where they go, "Well, if this turns out fucking brilliant, we can do something with this." Mm-hmm. It's just a case of, yeah, this is just we need to shove this on DVD, man. Just, so the thing is, like, it bothers me so much is because like I've literally watched porn parodies that are funnier than this shit. Right? Yeah. yeah, and it's just like, how do you not land a joke like at exactly. all? Exactly. I think the only thing I think I laughed at in this entire film was when they like fucking just like gang shoot the leprechaun the second they see it like at the beginning yeah like yeah. that was funny i was like huh. like they just fucking like straight yeah. up like shot that motherfucker the sim- <laughs> a, similar, else, a similar thing happens in the the first film it's just like the leprechaun appears in front of the guy the first guy he sees and he's just like ah i'm a leprechaun i'm gonna fucking kill you and the guy just dicks him with a shotgun shell <laughs> and you're just like oh oh yeah yeah, yeah actually pretty shit <laughs> yeah but it's just weird like can you guys name one joke that you laughed at? Or no, no. That's, that's I thought, if I'm honest, no. And I, I kind of like those hood comedy films. Mm-hmm. I love them, even when they're shit. I love them because I get the references. Yeah, it's just like it's a, it's a culture that I enjoyed when I was younger, so I get all the references. And this one, I was going, yes, South Central. Uh, how we drink your juice in South Central LA was funnier. How high was funnier. And then when it comes to like horror or action, it's like all these other unbelievably low budget like Snoop Dogg films was done better, and they were like made on like twenty quid exactly. type films. It's just the passion. I yeah. kind of wish the film took itself as seriously as in that opening scene where Ice T takes all of his weapons out of his prop wig. Exactly. I, like... I wish the film had that energy the whole way through it because then you'd know, oh, this film knows what it is. And it's yeah, just gonna I, do it for go, a go full scary movie vibe. Yeah. Because yeah. I seen that bit at the beginning when I thought this was an actual horror film. I know the title doesn't suggest about it, but it was a horror series. Maybe it's more of a horror, and then she started yeah. pulling things out of his afros. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. You know, but if they kept that, then it would make sense. Stuff like but this they stopped it instantly. Stuff like this really makes you kind of wonder like how how bad it was going for Warwick Davis, how badly he needed to make a rent. Yeah, like but, that he still continues to be job. like, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like Warwick t- turns up and does his job. Like, oh yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. His character doesn't like feel like a, he changes anything. It just like he, he is the leprechaun and embodies it through every scene, even though he has to say daft fucking shit or yeah. you're a rat. But he's still playing it really well. Yeah, just it's a yeah. shitty script. <laughs> one of one of the lines I found to be the stupidest was when he first meet or. When he meets uh, Ice T in the bathroom, and his yeah. Ice T takes out the joint, and he's just like, "Oh, that, that smells strange. Oh, what the heck is that? I don't know what that is." And then he smokes it, and he's like, "Ah, oh, friend with weed is a friend indeed." And you're like, "You just, you didn't fucking know what that was two seconds ago. How do you know it's <laughs> weed?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? <sighs> um, See, like on the note of like kind of like the passion and stuff. Yes. Of it, of like passionate filmmakers. The amount of YouTube filmmakers that I watch who work with probably a quarter of the budget this film had. Like they what they work with like ten grand at the most, mm-hmm. making some stellar shit yeah. because that's what they want to do. That's what annoys me about films that end up in cinema or on DVD by studios. Cause I'm like, you genuinely put this shit out for the sake of putting it out. Yeah. When you've got these kind of smaller people. See things like Film Riot make a lot of horror stuff. Corridor Digital, they make three minute shots that are fucking movie Crypt quality. Crypt TV now as well, which is doing the same kind of stuff. Crypt TV is amazing. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think the reason that a lot of these big studios end up putting out shit 
is purely budgetary. Like, I don't yeah. think it's got anything to do with the idea that they're creating films. They just have to show that they spent a certain amount of money and therefore they don't have to spend that much on tax. Yeah. That's all I'm thinking it is. Possibly. Also, also we need sense. to figure out how much Ice-T asked for to be in this film because he <laughs> might have taken the entire budget. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, actually, on that note, in 2000, mm-hmm. maybe not. Because I think that was his kind of start in his career. Oh, he's like lull after... Yeah, after being a rapper. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you might you might be on a bit lucky there. Mm-hmm. I'm just having a nosy at it at the moment. Two thousand. Yeah, he did a lot of not great stuff. He was in a TV series called Batman of the Future. That's the cartoon, yeah. Yeah, he was in that. What? I'm trying to think what character he played there. He played a character called Ramrod. Oh right, Ramrod is the like the is he the radioactive guy or am I thinking of something else? Yeah, I have to Google it. Need to get the googling. So I so, think we should move on to something a bit more positive. Yeah, I was gonna say. So how was your first experience with Muppets Twenty Eleven, Chris? God damn that film! It got me. It god damn yes, got I me. Fucking, I didn't. I, I knew it would. Right, I'll put a caveat in there though. I did not laugh. I wasn't, gig- I wasn't out of my face laughing. But you smiled. Add some smiles. Had a wee snicker. Smiled. Bet you laughed. I didn't. <laughs> I will get witnesses. I, I bet, I your, bre- I bet I your inner child laughed. My inner child died a long time ago. Oh. All right. Okay. Right. 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 So let's. Go. I enjoyed it though. I really enjoyed it. It it hurt me hard. I had a bit more of an emotional time with it. I was sitting there all doing, like, oh, I can hope the Muppets do all right. And it was all lovely. Do we I was, I was we, very that. Age. Should we maybe like let the audience know what the Muppets movie's about? Sure. It's I'll, about Muppets. I'll, I think <laughs> right. I'll, I'll... Oh, go on, Mark. You want to do it? Go ahead. You can do the... the... I'll, okay, I'll field this one. Um, so the Muppets, it starts off with an entirely new character called Walter. And he's, he claims to be like the Muppets' number one fan. Uh, him and his brother and his brother's girlfriend go on a trip to Vegas and they find out that the Muppets studio is going to get torn down to make room for an oil digging thing. So the Muppets have to get the get the old band back together to raise £10 million to buy the studio back. And it's mm-hmm. just a it's just a lovely jaunt. Yes. Yeah. It's a I, I agree. fun adventure. <laughs> I, that's what it was for me. It's like I watched it with the wee one and she loved it. I had fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I love some of the the kind of dance numbers and see the way like their luggage just appears in front of them and stuff, things like that. I was like, this is cleverly done. The jokes were clever. There were some really interesting, clever jokes. Yeah. And um, I wasn't a fan of the ending of the after credits of him getting knocked in the head. Then suddenly, oh, we're going to give you the Muppet Studio back. I kind of liked their walkout at the end, realizing we don't need the world to love us as long as we love each other. I thought that was a lovely way to go. Yeah. With the whole crowd loving them. I didn't think they needed the Muppet show back. Because I thought it was so, so much more heartwarming watching everybody get what they actually wanted. I know, but yeah. it just it just sort of makes you feel... Because if, if you still had that idea of, oh, it doesn't really matter because some guy's going to fuck the Muppets over royally, like mm-hmm. you would still leave with that kind of sinking feeling in your stomach of being like, ah... Oh, they're, it's not going to be. They're no longer the Muppets because they don't have I, I that don't, anymore. I don't know. I think for me, I think Kermit's speech about all of it just kind of flipped the head on everything. Oh that yeah, way. yeah. I feel like his speech just but, was like, yeah. But that's the Muppets for you. They always like to kind of like deliver a heartwarming message and then pull the rug out from under the person saying it so that it's funny. Like you know, like yeah. that's that's the kind of like they like to diffuse um love with humor like yeah so that you don't feel too uncomfortable but having to deal with real emotions they're all just like waka waka yeah <laughs> <laughs> um one of my bits that annoyed me was the rich man rap i was like what that's oh, fuck that's fucking so brilliant good. that's oh, my I favorite part i feel like i love rap music too much to watch them do that to it right i, I see that's the thing like uh, I think if you listen to the actual soundtrack version of that rap, it's, it's longer. Got like a, it's got a longer part that kind of explains a lot more of his past as well. I'm really sad that they cut that out of the film. Yeah, fair. Like, but like, it's it's so good. It's just because like, it's as I say that the the way they diffuse situations is 
perfect in the Muppets. Like yeah. that bit where he's just like, well, yeah, a simple no would have sufficed. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that bit was great. That bit was really good. Um, one of my best bits was the montage, and then they go, why wasn't I in the montage? And it's like, yeah, you were sleeping on a hammock, mate. <laughs> like, oh, you don't deserve to be the montage. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I loved a lot of the small comedic moments, how self-aware it was. Like, oh, this is going to be a really short movie. And, uh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry I'm so loud. I was getting really involved with this dance number. Like, a lot of that kind of shit. Yeah, um, yeah just like when they when they all get up and dance about, and then, like, a waitress comes over. Mm-hmm, and she's yeah. like, oh, no, no, I'm by myself. And they're like, everybody just ignored you dancing. Yeah. I, it was good. I, I just feel like there's not a bad element about this movie. I, I feel like everything just kind of comes together. The music, the choreography, the acting, mm-hmm. like the puppetry, mm-hmm. the storytelling, it's all it's so nice. Like yeah. One of the biggest credits I can give to this is Roisin was wondering how they did Kermit. She what? thought it was CGI'd. She's no like, how way. did they do that? It's like, is it, is it a green screen? Is it, is it a guy in a suit and then the green screen the man? I was like, no, he's too small. I was like, Right, so, so so how did I do that? It's like it's not, it's not CGI. She was like, uh, um, so so just so, puppetry, so, damn it. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. She was like, so did it do it off screen? Then bring it on. I'm like, no, no, no. It's like it's a guy with a, his hand up their ass. That's how this works. I was like, I was actually being really nice about it. I was like, no, Kermit's real. He's like, he's a real thing. He's yeah. he's like, no. How can he be real? No. I'm like, no, no. If he was, if he was here and you were here, you could touch. You could shake his hand he's like no no brilliant it was it was one of those lovely moments where i've not seen her like that see like Mm -hmm. kids not getting it when it comes to cinema they're so tuned in with cgi and everything the fact that they've seen something practical and it was just full of whimsy because she couldn't understand how it worked and I didn't want to explain it to her, but she got on my case about explaining it. Because I was like, I loved the magic in that wee moment of her being confused. It was lovely. Definitely watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit with her. Oh my just, god, yes! That's that's a moment where you're like, holy shit, the amount of effort that's put into practical effects in that film. Oh, that so good. Touch cartoons. It's, oh, it's amazing. But like, the, the, the Jim Henson company, like, you know, even still today, like, without <laughs> Jim's guidance, they, they still do a fantastic job. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's that thing of see from those two films. The biggest pulls from that is see the way of using practical effects mm-hmm. is unbelievable, and it makes you really think of the way we're moving. Is there a space for practical effects, really? And I'll, I, I think there is. I think there's this space to make practical effects and CGI's come together, but they don't want to kind of merge them for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think practical effects are like still considered a really big deal and like a lot of a lot of horror franchise a lot of horror filmmakers really still love them and will Mm -hmm. strive to do them wherever they can but it's just so difficult a lot of studios just are just like no make just make the movie as quick as you can let's get it out just it doesn't matter if it looks crap but a lot of people are just like no we need to take our time and just actually produce something we want to produce well, it's that, yeah. it's that onus now they have on like uh, post-production rather than pre-production where they don't want to put the effort in up front. They just want to make the film for as cheap as they can and then if they think it's a shit, they'll just dump it there and then so the, all the CGI budget, all the extra stuff is just wiped out at that moment. Yeah. So for them, it's just a financial decision, which is pathetic. Yeah. I mean, the thing that gets me is I miss squibs. I miss them so much. <laughs> I want to see... Someone with the blood spewing out. Like, Tarantino's the only one that does it, and I fucking hate the fact he's the only one that does it, because I don't like him. Like, plamp that he is. Makes his films an hour too long. Yeah. Every film. But at so least here he cuts somebody's head off, the blood spews out like a fountain. So yeah, in the, in the puppets movie, obviously, no one gets shot. No one gets no. their head cut off. <laughs> wait, <laughs> we, we might have seen different Muppets movies. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I just, like, one of the other things about this film that is just wonderful as like a Muppets fan, I don't know if any of you guys really caught a lot of this, but there's so many callbacks to like older movies or yeah. pieces here and there. Like there's, there's like the the we drive we haven't you seen our first movie we drive and then like Sweetums yeah. running with his bag up to catch up to the car, yeah. throwback to like the first ever film. Yeah, yeah. Same with the actual the hole in the Muppets theater. 
like that was done in the first uh, film as well. Yeah. And it's still there. Like, it's and such... uh, Gonzo says uh, people of planet Earth acknowledging the fact that he's an alien, which was mentioned in yep. Muppets from Space. Space, yep. Um, yeah. Uh, also the song references and stuff, like the... what? God, I've forgotten the name of the, the shitty Casino Motel. Oh, the, Rain- uh, the Rainbow Connection song, like the off-brand version yeah, of they, that. Yeah, yeah. they do the off-brand version of the Muppets. Yeah. And they're <laughs> oh, the ju- like... Juro, Cas- Juro Casino or something like that. Yeah, because they're talking about the parking arrangements and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Not RVs. Not RVs. It's so good. Oh, it's... No marriage certificate is needed. Yeah, um, but a lot of the musical references and stuff in this are just fantastic as well. Like the celebrity the... cameos as well. Like I was going to say the what you call it barbershop quartet where they do. Smells <laughs> like Teen Spirit. Yeah, Teen Spirit and Jack Black's in the middle just be like, "What are you learning them do this? Oh, <laughs> They're ruining <no>. classic." <laughs> he was a standout performer performance and that actually i loved jack black in this and i'm not the biggest jack black fan but i yeah. thought he was brilliant in this it was like he's just this angry guy and the fact that nobody cares that he's tied up is so good they're like yeah you do your job jack he's like i'm not meant to be here <laughs> uh, so good like, uh, um, muppets, muppets movies have a, a brilliant habit of uh putting really famous actors in tiny roles yes and just tiny, absolute throwaway roles. Like Alan Arkin was the guide at the studio tour. Uh, yeah. Sarah Silverman was the greeter at the cafe. Yeah. Uh, uh, Neil Patrick Kirsten Harris Shaw was there. Was Kirsten <laughs> Shaw, yeah, she was the therapy person. Angry, anger management course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, John so Krasinski many. was answering phones as well. Yes, yes, he was. So many, I can't even remember all of them now. Like, jeez. Um, yeah. it was Mickey just... Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney was there. Yeah, he was at the beginning. I was trying to think his name because I just think one. That's the guy in the Simpsons. Jiminy Jellickers. Like, Jiminy Jellickers. Yeah, Jiminy Jellickers. He wanted to be um, Fall Out Boy. Boy. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's the thing. It's like that's the fucking brilliant to this film is that intro section where it's like oh, it's so good. So like over the fucking top. That's why they've got like you know Mickey Rooney in there. If you're like, hey, yeah. everything's all wonderful and great. Uh, I need to bring up something, something about this that bothered me a little bit. Oh, oh God, here we go. Jason Segal is a proper thirty-year-old man, yeah, who lives in a single bed with his brother next across the road from him. Mm-hmm. No, they live in the same house. Yeah, in the same room. Yeah. They live in the same fucking room. Yeah, it's because his brother has like he's developmentally challenged. Essentially, like he still like acts. I just mean, yeah. yeah. mean you live in the same bloody room as each other. Doing it for as a sacrifice so that he can give his brother what he wants. Um. Well, when you say that, but as the film goes on, you realise Jason Segal's a bit of a dick that way and just doesn't give two fucks about his girlfriend until she forces it on him. Well, I mean, oh, that's that's the point of yeah. his character arc is that he learns. <laughs> you know, he learns like, oh, maybe I can let my brother go when maybe you shouldn't be wearing the same pajamas and living in the same bloody room. It's also it's also that's a bad parenting right there. It's also he's not a parent; he's a brother. <laughs> No, but his parents should have fucking sorted that shit out earlier. Well, they left. Look, mm. this has a very pivotal scene called Am I a Man or Am I a Muppet? Yes. <laughs> <Do> these <laughs> issues, right? If you managed to miss that entire segment, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with it. Yeah. But that freaked me out, that, though. Oh, seeing yeah, Jason Segel like, puppet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was weird, man. And then suddenly Sheldon was there. I was like, I don't want you here. Yeah. Go away. Oh, but I, well, I, it was it was 2011, and they thought, "Who's yeah, freakishly who's lanky, right? thin, and popular?" <laughs> Why weren't you in it then? <laughs> the, well, I wasn't around. Oh, they shame. asked, and I said no. Oh, fair enough. oh God, is that the gong again? <laughs> oh <no>, shit! <laughs> yes, the gong has arrived early today. <laughs> It's more like the 40 minute mark and the gong's going off. Jeez, oh. And you can tell when I'm in control of it. (laughs) Wrap wrap up on the Muffets, then. Uh, It's a fantastic movie. Chris can just, like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely give it a watch. Heartwarming. The music's amazing. There's just nothing wrong with it in the slightest. Apart from maybe that it, like, the ending goes on a bit too long. That's about it. I just want to stick up for myself here and say I did enjoy it. It was fun. Roche enjoyed it. 
Like, I'm not heartless. I'm really not. I don't believe that last bit. I got a heart. Uh, Might not work half the time, but I've got I, one. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, do we have watch? Sorry, what you got to say, Michael? Oh, no, I was going to say, do we have homework for next week? Oh, God. Um, actually, uh, I was thinking of, because we're talking about low budget kind of films and stuff, I was thinking maybe we could do Paranormal Activity for oh. next week, if we can find it anywhere. Because it is one of my favourite horror films. I'd like to actually talk about an actual horror movie. Okay. I would think that'd be quite cool. Um, i trying to think of like an extremely high-budget horror movie that we could do on the opposite end of the spectrum. But <laughs> to, to see where, what went right, what went wrong with both of them. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to do kind of higher budget, would something like the Halloween remake come under that? Hmm. Geist. Awesome. I mean... My my main issue with horror in general is that I never really find most of them horrifying. No. Uh, so I'll need to do some research and make, see if we can find. Uh, I also yeah. want to take suggestions if anyone on Twitter wants to send us a message yeah. about uh, extremely high budget or low budget horror movies that yeah. they like. I I am going to reach out to horror hallucinations because they are all about horror and see if they can give me any suggestions. Oh, that'd be good. Since, yeah. yeah, let's see if they can throw me something that isn't a cheesy shite. Because they love cheesy shite, and they're very open about they love cheesy shite. <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody be watching anything else this week? Hmm. Uh, I uh, the only thing I watched that was featured length. <laughs> um, I managed to like. Did anybody watch Kimmy Schmidt? No. no. No, that's a Netflix comedy show that um was by Tina Fey in like the first couple of seasons, and then it started to decline quite rapidly. But they did a. A final thing, but it was one of those choose your own adventure movies. Right. All right, cool. Yeah, so that that's quite fun because like uh it's just trying to see what kind of rabbit hole you can get yourself into, what stupid little corners you can go down and <laughs> mess up the characters' stories and then before they reset you. Uh, nice. It's nice stuff like that, like get to shoot people for rocket launcher or um take a baby to the library type things where you have to like read it with <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, taking my baby to the library. It's just a, it's good, good stupid shit like that. Um, it's quite mm-hmm. fun. Good way to kill an hour or two. It's got Daniel Radcliffe in it for some reason. Cool. Nice. Um, for the Magic for Humans is back on Netflix for a third season, so I've yeah. been watching that. Um, because like he he seems more like more like a comedian first, or he, mm. he gets comedy a lot more involved, which is really good. Uh, and it's just this mix of like low effort done at high effort kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just I just like magic stuff, man. Always. Like, cause what what I liked about what I saw was that the way he intentionally underplays everything he does. Yeah. Like it, it disarms the audience. If you know what I mean. Like it yeah. makes them yeah. expect something really really shit or like <laughs> nothing good to happen, and then papow, he fucking like wows the shit out of them. It's oh yeah, so absolutely. One of his one of his uh, best sort of segments is trick questions, where just like mm-hmm. go up to someone and just be like, oh, here's a deck of cards. Oh, now you can like fucking see it through my stomach with this torch or something. Anyway, yeah. why did they cancel Firefly? Like, and he'll just <laughs> throw them this stupid question, and then everyone's just yeah. like, uh, 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 you've got a deck of cut. What? <laughs> and it's, it's just, he does stuff like that, man. And then uh, he do- has another segment called Magic for Susans, where he'll just like meet a random woman, and just be like, oh, what's your name? And she'll be like, oh, I'm uh, Susan. And just like, oh, it's good news for you then, because this is Magic for Susans. And then, like, one episode, he's just like, oh, what's your name? It's like, oh, uh, my name's Deborah. And it's like, oh, cool. So he does the trick for her, and he's just like, oh, wasn't that cool? Oh, hey, here's your dog. What's your dog called? Oh, a dog's called Susan. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. I also did a, a really good segment once where like, uh, he, he pretended to the people that they had to do fake reactions. Oh, yeah. That was good. Like, well, we'll TGI in it later, or we'll just make it up as we go along. So he's getting them to do the pure, oh, wow. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're getting into it because they know they're on television. Yeah. Um, nice. He actually ends up doing like full on like levitation and stuff in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> like the reaction's just not there anymore because they're like, oh my god, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. I, I love pretty cool. I love magic stuff. It's just it's good fun and it's good to just sort of get lost in for a good like twenty minutes. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, like as you can, you could be one of those like, uh, magic's fake. Like just, in, just have fun yeah. with life, man. M- magic's like wrestling for me. I don't give two fucks if it's fake. It entertains me that's to it. no end. That's it. Movies are fucking fake. Yeah, yeah. you know, like that's our biggest medium is not real. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been doing, Chris? What have you been watching? Oh, I've been watching nothing. Oh, I have wow. watched the. Tell I watched. I, I've been watching the Last Dance every Monday, uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, and loving it. But apparently, I'm the only person in the world that's enjoying it in my college group. Like I, we put it up and we spoke about it a few times and they hate it. What? They hate the flashbacks and how long it is. And I'm like, mate, this is an iconic time in sports where you'll never get this again. Mm. Like, I get why they need to do flashbacks and how these people got to where they were. I get it, but it, this is just me. Like, people, other people listen to it, they're just like, nah, no my cup of tea. I'm how like, long cool. Is it in your oh, it's an hour and an episode, though, so I kind of get where they're coming from. I've been in episodes from, like, see when they start diving into some of the management stuff, and then they go back about why these managers are doing what they're doing. I'm like, I kind of want to know what's happening now. I get it. It's just, I love the Bulls so much that I'm like, I don't care. I would, I just, I just give me everything. It's yeah. too long. Uh, how many of your course mates like Game of Thrones? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, actually. Oh. Uh, I've also been still marathoning Supernatural, and we're on season 12 and I've got to give you some of the big the highlights of season 12 oh tell us about this Dean kills Hitler and saves the president within two episodes which president the newest president in their world the American president so he saves the president in one episode who is actually the devil who impregnates a woman who's going to have the devil's son and then the next episode he goes I'm going to go kill Hitler because Hitler comes back for an episode that's where we've got to in Supernatural shit is Fucking stupid. That's like, so it. stupid. Is it yeah. better or worse than the leprechaun in the hood? <laughs> better because the production values is better. And it's the acting d- is better. The acting's still decent. Bad. <laughs> yeah, storytelling and story, bad. Acting, production, everything else. Special effects is pretty good. Great. Everything else, what the fuck are you doing? Can you uh, uh, play us out with the, the lep rap? Like... That, I think that'd be the best way to end this episode. <laughs> I'll, I'll, do you know what? I might even look for it and shove it in at the end. I'll shove it in there just oh, for dear. us. Um, the you. other big things I've been doing this week is I've remade an office in my living room. Mm-hmm. I have went and got my microphone. I've Yay. went and got a new PC. Yay. I've got the wires. I just need to wait for my mixer. And then, fingers crossed, if nothing goes shut up, we should be doing this by video. Next Live week, uh, um, and I was thinking about something on that because me and Michael were having a chat just before we started, and I was having a beer, and I was thinking we could for our first one do like a you know drinking game, kind of slightly drunk thing for our first episode live. Because <laughs> you're buckets at the ready. <laughs> yeah, we could find something to do something fun that way. I think it'd be a great way to introduce ourselves properly if everything works. Yeah. Which yeah. we'll discuss at a that. later day. Mm-hmm. Discuss at a later day if I can get everything to work. And then you can so, show yeah. off your fabulous new office and how you're all set up. And Mark, you can show yeah. all your set up, and then everyone can see the inside of this cupboard in my living room. <laughs> that I'm in. Michael, you do need to come out of the closet at some point. You know that. Never. Right? <laughs> Just like Harry Potter. <laughs> oh no! I'm gonna stay in here with my small night figures all day. <laughs> Living a dream, Michael. That's what you're doing. Living the dream. I'm living some kind of dream. Is get yourself a giant green towel and just hang it up in your background and we can just put in any background you want. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, Skype's pretty decent at doing that because I had Predator behind oh, me when your, I was having a blether with Michael. Your Skype is. Apparently my Skype doesn't want to fucking play ball. <laughs> yeah, your Skype's like, I'm going to put a picture behind me. No, I'm not. Fucker does the one picture behind me. It turns out the only picture he had in his computer was of the room he's currently in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, Michael, you're not... Why Why are you behind you? <laughs> like, I'm just on a screenshot. Same t-shirt. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. Next week, more horror. <laughs> more analysts and hate on everything that we're yeah. going to be doing. And hopefully yeah. it'll be live. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah. 
if if it turns out we can go live, we can do stuff, we may actually do something different next week and be a big surprise to all of like the three people that actually listen to us that isn't us. That isn't us. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like we we got up to fourteen lessons last episode. To Fucking be fair, 14. I I listened to the podcasts multiple times to make oh, sure that I sound okay. So, yeah, I doesn't know. I doesn't know those are probably me. Yeah. <sighs> Why do you have to do this to me, man? <laughs> Don't do this to me. <laughs> Fuck! I'm so excited. No, I'm. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> But here to play us out is Lep in the Hood. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Till next time. <laughs> take take it away, Warwick. <laughs> I come from the land of the Irish Spring. Dublin's the place where I learned my thing. From the Emerald Isle to your place in the hood. I'm the man of green, come to do no good. Left in the hood, come to do no good. Left in the hood, come to do no good. Blunt is dope, this place is hype. There's a lass, is just my type. I hate your resort so soon to money. Haven't been late so long, it's happy. I'm so bad, I'm good. I'll show you what to do, so lend an ear. Don't worry, little lassie, you've got nothing to fear. Sit with the lad who's lean and green, and let me show you why I'm a love machine. Come to do no good. I'm a wee green guy who's new to town. Show me what you do when you get down. I'll go up, you go down. We'll call to see your love agree. Left in the hood, come to do no good. Left in the hood, when we're bad, we're good. Of more to your front door. Better turn up the lights and pray some more. We're gonna party through the night until the door. Then you and I are gonna get it on. Oh. Left in the hood, come to do no good. Left in the hood, come to do no good.